The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele, and boy, do we have a lot of news this week. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. There, there is remarkably little this week. Um, I mean, things like the, the AMC is reopening their theaters, which seems to be the recurring story uh, this week. You have to wear masks. No, you don't have to wear masks. And you do have to wear, and you don't have to. I swear it's alternating on my newsfeed every yeah. 10 minutes. Oh, you do. Oh, you don't. Oh, bite me when, make up your mind and get back to me then. Quit interrupting my newsfeed. Yeah. A few weeks ago, it came out that they were uh, possibly facing bankruptcy. And this news story. No, you don't have to wear a face mask. Okay, then t less than 24 hours later, yeah, you're going to. That explains why they may be facing bankruptcy more than anything. I mean, I've complained several times about, you know, locally how they have this theater, which was a showpiece, and it's close to Palm Beach, hello, and yet they haven't done a damn thing to fix things like holes in walls. <sighs> That's in case you want to watch the movie in the theater next door. Yeah, I don't care where your theater is located, what the neighborhood is like. You shouldn't have like broken doors in the restrooms and things like that in your movie theater, especially not in a movie theater that's pulling in fairly high dollars. So uh, do they have any idea what they're doing? I mean, did Warner brothers take over AMC with some of the idiotic decisions they make? Like, uh, Actually, I believe it was the Eggo waffle company. <laughs> that would make sense. But how can you possibly say we're going to reopen in a tightly enclosed space and not ask you to wear a mask? Uh, Regal has come out with their plan and uh, that they're going to reopen in July. And basically it's like if they have if they have recliner seats, they're going to keep uh, one chair open. If you don't have the recliner seats because those are larger seats, they're going to have two open. You know, it's at least they have some semblance of a plan. And I'm sure AMC has that. Well, I shouldn't say I'm sure AMC has anything, but I would imagine AMC has that same uh, situation. Yeah. But how on earth would you think it would be smart to ask people to come into a relatively small room, considering how many people are going to be in the room? I don't care if it's half capacity or not. That's a lot of people in one room and not wear a freaking mask. Jeez, oh, masks are good for you. Christ. Well, and then again, we have uh, a lot of weird things going on in this country where people are complaining about having to wear a mask because it's so oppressive. Anyway, I, I would be more than happy to see AMC go under, and you know, hope that would suck for all the people who work for AMC. But seriously, yeah, there have to be better companies out there, like thousands of them. What idiot would decide to reopen movie theater without masks? Ugh. Unbelievable. You know, while we're on a fairly depressing subject, yeah, Sir Ian Holm died. That is depressing. Uh, apparently it's something related to Parkinson's. It had nothing to do with COVID. Yay. Yeah, that's the um, bright spot. An icon yeah. in two franchises. I was going to say three. No, wait, I forgot. The uh, Fifth Elephant is not a, a a franchise. It's just a standalone. <laughs> but definitely an icon. It seems like a franchise. Fantasy. That movie was big enough to be a franchise by itself. 
Should have been. <clears throat> and, and and what Valerian does not count as a sequel. Um, and Ian <clears throat> Holmes was a Shakespearean trained act, actor and did marvelous work in movies that hardly anybody would ever watch because Shakespeare. So it's not like, oh, well, he played the weird spoiler alert for a 300-year-old movie, Android Dude, uh, in Alien. But I think he's a, a marvelous, marvelous actor. Yeah. And it definitely showed in all of his work. So that is a sad thing indeed. So 88 years. 88. He's on his way back to 1955. He is indeed. Let's see. I think the only other real big news we had this week was Comic-Con is coming everywhere. Yes. Which, if there's, yeah, if there's any kind of a silver lining, which God knows we need some kind of a silver lining with all this going on. Oh, no. Now you've got it in my head that in order to do everything correctly, we need a silver lining playbook. <laughs> which I love that movie. Um, which will not be screened at comic-con 2020 but yeah comic-con instead of canceling it they're making a virtual comic-con so instead of having to travel to san diego which would be awesome which i've never been able to do uh not for a comic-con or any other reason actually or to view all the clips on youtube and you view all the bootlegged footage etc etc it's going to be virtual and it is free now whether or not they are going to be certain events that are Pay, have paywalls. I've not seen anything about that. I would kind of imagine they would. But I do know that everyone who had booked tickets, who had paid to actually attend, they're getting full refunds. The official hotel is giving full refunds. So, you know, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a paywall here. Uh, they are going to be selling tons of merch because that's one of the reasons it exists. But the panels are still going to be there, which is pretty cool. Directors on directing. Robert Rodriguez, Colin Trevorrow, Joseph Kaczynski. Uh, panels on the Dragon Prince, a new film something coming out someday. Emily the Strange coming out someday. Uh, ooh, the panel I would skip, The Goldbergs. One of the most hideous shows ever on television. But pretty cool panels that are going to be the, available. The redeem, I found a redeeming feature for that show. Is it canceled? That occasionally one of the characters will wear a Rush t-shirt. And if that's the only redeeming quality your show has. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty hideous. That show is so awful. Anyway, so Comic-Con is on and it will be available for everybody as long as you can get to the internet. So July 22nd is when it starts. So that at least is kind of cool. Just short of a month. So, hey. Yep. What a concept. Speaking of concepts, we have movies to review, or I guess shows and movies, because there's not newsflash. There's no movies coming out. <laughs> the only way they're well, there, a few things have been released to like drive-in theaters, which drive-in theaters are seeing yes. something very surgeons, which is cool. Uh, yeah, but basically, if movies are coming out, they're coming out on streaming services. That's how they're getting released. Yep. Like, uh, what was the, you, you watched The Five Bloods, I believe. I did watch The Five Bloods, which is Spike Lee's latest opus. And it is. Not a, the Penguin? Yeah, not about, the, that would be so cool. Especially if Spike Lee did it, that would be pretty strange. Anyway, 
Yeah, Spike Lee's Bloom County. That God, that would be bizarre and lovely. So Defy Bloods is a story about four, not five, but four African-American Vietnam vets who go back to Nam for two reasons. One, to commemorate their friendship with the fifth blood who is no longer with us because he died in Nam. That's not much of a spoiler alert because it pretty much tells you anytime you read anything about it. And to recover something that was left behind, like a lot of gold. So it's a drama, but there is quite a bit of action in, in the film. And of course, they're all gentlemen a little bit in older because they were in Vietnam, hello, and this film takes place now. So, uh, was a while ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Basically, so these four friends go back. They haven't really hung out together much, so they have this lovely reunion. They're all happy to see each other, and they go on this adventure to find the gold and bring it back. And there are other people who want the gold because the gold was sent there by the United States to be distributed to our buddies to help them in the war against the Viet Cong back then. So it's not really the U.S.'s money, and it's certainly not these guys' money, but they choose to recover it because they're the only ones who know it's there. But, of course, other people do find out because it's kind of hard to lose, I think, a $17 million in gold So without anybody finding out about it. So, of course, there's a lot of intrigue. And there get to be firefights and et cetera because it is kind of a war movie after all. There are a lot of cutscenes that go back to their time in Nam originally. And these are very, very well done. They did something really interesting with this. Spike Lee made a really interesting choice, and I really like the choice he made. His actors, Delroy Lindo is the, the lead, and he is the most interesting character arc. Uh, they're all in their 60s. They didn't do any de-aging CGI for any of the scenes that took place like in 67 or whatever year it was. They did some makeup and they do look younger, but they clearly are not in their twenties. I, I really like the fact they went with that because to me, it was extremely distracting. It's extremely distracting when it's not done well. Uh, there's another, it isn't done very well, very often. Yeah, exactly. There's another film that's available on Netflix, a, Mar a Marty Scorsese picture, which is a good movie, but it's overblown as far as, oh, it's it's another crime drama flick. Imagine him making a movie like that. And the de-aging in that is really bad because supposedly he made Robert De Niro, or not him, but whoever did this special effects, try to make them look, you know, like they're in their 20s and 30s. It's like, yeah, no, they look like they're late 60s, 70s, with really bad special effects is what they look like. It detracts from the film. In this case, you just go with it as a suspension of disbelief. I mean, and it works really easily because I don't really think Delroy Lindo is out there with Chadwick Boseman, another of the stars. He plays the fifth gentleman who never made it. Uh, I don't think they're really out there fighting. So it's not a big deal to suspend that disbelief. It works. The other good thing about this film, the acting, the acting is ex 
excellent, especially Delroy Lindo. He has a very interesting character arc. He's basically a bitter, selfish, uh, kind of a bastard. <laughs> and his character goes through a few changes, but I wouldn't say he ever becomes a likable character. I don't know that you would say he was redeemed. Someone may look, look at it and say, oh, yeah, totally he was. Others may not. But like with any Spike Lee film, there's a lot of character development going on. I don't think this is his best film, but it's one of his, absolutely one of his better films. Um, maybe better than Black Klansman, uh, which I really liked. Uh, I liked that. I, I think we need to like find out how exactly we are supposed to pronounce. Do we pronounce the middle name? <laughs> Because we always stutter on that because I, I think it's because we think it's funny, but I don't know yeah. if that's supposed to be happening or not. Yeah. Black KK Glensman. Anyway, The Five Bloods. Very, very good movie. <coughs> Acting is great. There's great combat scenes for people who like combat scenes. There's excellent drama for people who like drama. And if you don't like drama, why are you watching movies? But highly recommend The Five Bloods. Available on Netflix. <coughs> Which is something I've, I've been considering watching. I just hadn't gotten to it yet. And Good. now I know. Good stuff. I think, uh, you know, the, the, the thing I watched this week, because I only have one this week. Because it, it's been a weird week. Um, <laughs> yeah. I watched a movie that, that came out. It, it was about five years ago that this came out. A movie called The Brand New Testament. Which is a a foreign film. It's all in French. You're gonna have to deal with subtitles. <laughs> this this is something worth watching uh, if you're if you treat religion the way I do, and even if you don't. Uh, the the tagline for this movie: God exists. He lives in Brussels, and he's an asshole. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, God lives in a little four-room apartment that has no doors, so you can't get out. He lives with his wife and his daughter, Ia. God himself really has no powers unless he's got his computer working. Okay. Um, now, Ia is getting really fed up of living in this apartment. She's 10 or 11 or so. And... Uh, she decides she's going to escape, but she needs to make the world better because God makes all these rules. Uh, like if you drop a piece of buttered bread, it always lands buttered side down. That's one of God's laws. And there's a bunch of them that are just as asinine like that, but really <laughs> annoying. So <clears throat> she decides one day she steals the key to his office while he's sleeping on the couch I fell, after falling asleep watching, I believe it was a hockey game, because one of God's rules is the TV will always be on and it will always show sports. Okay. Um, <clears throat> she steals his key, gets into the computer, and releases the death dates of everyone. Oh, not good. Well, actually, no, it is kind of a good thing. And, you know, initially you go, oh, oh, not good, until you realize... Well, everybody realizes that they're real. 
And wars stop because they realize that, you know, what's the point? We're going to die in, you know, some people go, ooh, two hours, 53 <laughs> days. And this one guy becomes a, a an overnight celebrity because he's going to he's in his 20s now and he's going to die 120 years from now. Look at me. I'm a celebrity. OK, that's a thing. And people just start doing what they want to do. Like this one guy who decides to build a Titanic out of matches, life size. Wow. Okay. So everyone starts getting along. Yes, there is some depressing stuff. But for the most part, it's pretty cool. Um, But we also get a flashback uh, shortly after she releases the death dates, I think, to when God created man. And... It's not in the Garden of Eden. It's in Brussels. (laughs) Sure, why not? So, you know, there's this lovely staircase in front of a building, and pop, there's man. And man is a, you know, man's naked. They haven't invented clothes yet. And I'm thinking that they're not going for the R rating because there's a little black bar over his groin section. Aww. And I'm like, oh, okay, so there's no nudity in this movie. No, there, there is. We'll get to that later. But, you know, man's looking around. They're explaining what man exi- how man exists. And man looks down and notices the black bar and tries to move it out of the way. <laughs> nice. It's one of those things where you go, wait, what? Oh, he, okay, it is there. Okay. He tries to move it out of the way. But every time it gets almost off of him, it snaps back into place. And he tries a few things. It's actually a very funny scene. Um. So anyway, uh, finally he meets Eve, who has two black bars, and they, they're they the only people that exist. They go, they end up going to bed together, because beds already exist, hmm. and they try to figure out how to have sex, because they don't know yet, and that makes for a very interesting scene on its own. Anyway, meanwhile, back in the apartment, uh, we find out what happened to Jesus, because Jesus found a way to leave the apartment, but he never came back to the apartment as far as God and Mommy God are concerned, except he did. There's little statues of Jesus in every room. Mommy God? And Ia will every so often look at them and talk to them, and the statue will move from its statue position, turn to her, talk to her. Oh, wait, Mom's coming. Resume statue position. <laughs> Mom will come in, dust the statue. Um. Which is, it's kind of funny the way that's done. But he <laughs> asks him, you know, what do I do? I've released the death dates. I need to escape before dad realizes it. So he tells her how to escape the apartment. You go to the front loading washing machine that they have in the other room, set it on delicates and 400 degrees, and it opens a door. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, anyway, he says something else you need to do is you need to gather six more disciples or apostles, whichever you want to figure it out. And Jesus said, because I was going for a hockey team and I thought that would work, but I think mom's right. You need 18 because then you can play baseball. I'm sorry, what? Nice. Okay. So Ia leaves and she's going to write the brand new Testament and at Jesus's advice, make it not about God, but about the people. Ooh. A twist. So she recruits a homeless guy named Victor to write it since she doesn't know how to write. And they go off together to find the six new disciples for the brand new Testament. Then God wakes up 
and he's not happy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so he finds the door that was open and he escapes. Um, but of course he doesn't have his computer, so he's powerless, but I'm God and beat people beat the crap out of him for saying that, which is, it gets a bit dark in places, but it's really funny in others. Uh, like this recurring character of Kevin who finds out he has 61 years left to live and will occasionally pop up in a scene where he's thrown himself out of a window <laughs> or, you know, jumped out of an airplane without a parachute and he lands on another airplane that's passing by and somehow lives. Wow. What? Okay. It's always some sort of bizarre, ludicrous, inverted, wily coyote thing that saves him. <clears throat> uh, but the death dates, that's really a thing because uh, some guy finds out, ooh, my death date's in two hours. So he goes to a desert in the middle of nowhere and a refrigerator falls on him because it <laughs> fell out of an airplane. What the hell? <laughs> anyway, he is he going dirt. through uh, looking for her disciples and each disciple she adds mysteriously gets added to that da Vinci, da Vinci painting of the Last Supper, which confuses the crap out of Mrs. God, who has it hanging over the TV. And every so often goes 11, 12, 13, 14, 14, four, huh? Um, and so that's the thing. One of the disciples, who was kind of my favorite disciple for some reason, was Francois, the assassin. Uh, once the death dates were released, he bought a high-powered rifle, and he figured, you know, if I shoot someone and they die, or if I shoot someone and they miss, it's not their time. Everything's fine. But if he kills them, it's not really their fault, because it is their, or his fault, because it is their time to die. Oh, well, okay. Um, and he ends up shooting one of the disciples we met earlier who has an artificial arm. Guess where he shot her, and it confuses the crap out of him, because he's like, I shot you, and you didn't die. <laughs> what the I don't get that anyway let's see uh, best lines of the movie just for me and because it takes place in Brussels uh, one of the first things Victor asks Eo was so what was your brother's name oh JC JC what like Van Damme it's that <laughs> kind of a movie folks anyway the, uh, I mean this is one of those movies that's supposed to make you think and feel better about yourself after being depressed for a bit. And you know what? It works. Uh, there are enough funny bits to, to make it better than most of the movies that are like this. Um, but it's, it's very, very blasphemous in that. Uh, actually, I think my favorite scene was God encountering a priest and the priest is going, so you're God. Yes. And God <clears throat> then tells the priest his entire life story about, oh, you had polio when you were a kid and your mother is dead. And one of your legs is longer than your other. And your, uh, your girlfriend laughed at you when she found that out. And the priest snaps and beats the crap out of God. And the camera <laughs> pans up to Jesus on the crucifix, who just develops a big smile on his face. <laughs> Rude. It, oh, it is, but for me, it's very funny. Um, it had, it had, did have a wonderful ending. It had a great point. It's not as depressing as it might. There's some depressing bits at the beginning. It's not going to stay there. It's a great thing to watch. It really is. Uh, it's on iTunes for four ninety nine, Vudu for two ninety nine, or a dollar ninety nine from YouTube, Google Play, and Amazon Prime. 
Although I'm really confused by this one review for it I saw, and I'm not sure where it came from. Uh, there's a reviewer who gave it a half a star out of ten because it took place <laughs> in Belgium. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's how he how it got the half a star or if he took nine and a half stars away because of it being in Belgium. I don't. What does that have to do with it? Nothing at it's all. That- that's somebody who hates Brussels sprouts, obviously. My, I, I guess so. This was a brand new testament. It's a good movie. Get over the subtitles. And if you look at the black bars and go, oh, there's not nudity. I wanted there to be nudity. <clears throat> Wait for a little while. There's going to be nudity. <laughs> I love that. I also have a film that you're going to have to get over the subtitles, at least for a while. Uh, this is also an offering on Netflix. A, a odd little technical point is actually shows that audio is delayed. Literally says audio is delayed, which makes you think that like you're watching the movie for five minutes and then the audio cuts in. No, they mean it's the, the audio versions lies in English or any other language are delayed. So the only, uh, the only language that it's currently available in, in on Netflix is Japanese. Which is fine because it's a Japanese film. Uh, they did that with Ghost in the the new season of Ghost in the Shell too. Weird, like they're in a big rush to release it that they can't wait for a, a dub to be done. Which is fine because, like I said, it has subtitles. Uh, I'm talking about a film called, and I'm going to refer to it by the original Japanese title because I love this title: "Wanting to Cry, I Pretend to Be a Cat." I really, uh-huh. really wish they had kept that title. <laughs> Damn, that title's great. Unfortunately, the English title is A Whisker Away, which is like, that's so generic. I forgot that the name of it. doesn't work as well. Yeah, I forgot the name of it three times already, just just in pre-pro. Okay. There you go, Ted. Uh, so I'm going to refer to it as Wanting to Cry, I Pretend to Be a Cat. And then I'll remind you later, it's A Whisker Away, because that's how you'll find it on Netflix. So this is about a young lady in middle school, and she is absolutely head over heels in love with one of her classmates who basically doesn't acknowledge that she exists because she's really weird and crazy. Uh, early in the <laughs> early in the film, because she absolutely has to demonstrate her amazing love for uh, the, the boy that she's going to marry because she makes that very clear early on. Again, she's in middle school. Uh, she runs up to Hinode. Her name is Mio, but they call her Moog, which stands. <laughs> I'll have to look it up and see exactly what it stands for. Uh, but it's something to do with Gaga, which is rather insane. So she runs up to Hinode. She actually, she takes her shoes off first so she can sneak up on him without him noticing because she's running up from behind him. Then spins around and bumps him with her butt. And, and and screams that it's, it is a Hanode sunrise because to her, every time she sees him, it's like a beautiful sunrise. Uh, she is totally obsessed with him. She's a kind of creepy stalker because she like sneaks up to his house and looks in through his window and starts, happily she at least starts talking to him. But he's like, yeah, you're so weird. I'm not really into you. She doesn't have a very happy home life. Uh, her parents are divorced. She doesn't like uh, her stepmom. Actually, not her stepmom because they're not married yet, but she's living there with a family. She doesn't like her soon-to-be stepmom. She doesn't really care for her mom either. 
So, which is kind of a typical preteen or early teen thing for girls, which happens. A lot of, a lot of uh, rivalry there happens on occasion. Uh, so she's having kind of a tough life. Uh, she runs across a character called the Mask Seller, who is a really, really large man. Think like Yokozuna large man, who then turns into a really, really large cat, like the same size as Yokozuna, as in the professional wrestler. So yeah, if the guy was real, he would easily weigh 700 pounds. Uh, so he is a mask seller. He sells masks. He will sell a mask to a human who wants to be a cat. All you got to do is wear the mask. You turn into a cat. She thinks this is awesome. So she puts on the mask, turns into the cat, and decides to go to Hinode's home. It turned out that they had lost a cat, and now here's their new cat. And he absolutely loves the cat. And she's thrilled because she gets to spend time with Honore. All she has to do is take off the mask. She can turn back into a person. So she flips back and forth between being this cat who is loved on by Honore. Not like in a weird way. Don't go there, Rob. And, I wasn't going to. Well, someone will. Ted. We know Ted. 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 <laughs> so, and she flips back to being the really insane, crazy girl, Mio, who continues to alienate her everybody including only basically her one friend and she finally decides you know what i'm just gonna be a cat full time so she goes to the cat seller cat seller okay this is what you do so she goes through this situation decides to be a cat meantime it turns out that the mask seller he takes your face which basically is a mask and he will sell it to somebody else he will sell that to a cat who wishes to be a human so someone takes her face and, of course, things turn out that because it's a movie and things change, she decides, you know what? I really didn't want to be this cute little kitten. I really want to be myself again. But the clock is ticking. And if she doesn't get this change done, if she doesn't change back in time, she will be a cat forever, which she does not want to be. Plus, bonus, which the cat seller did not tell her, uh, the price is half of your lifespan. And... <sighs> Actually, the price is a year and almost all of your lifespan is just usually he splits it with the, the, the buyer. And this time the buyer decided to renege. So it's OK, fine. I'll take all of it. So she's going to be dead unless she changes back to a person pretty quickly. So then the big struggle is to defeat the cat seller. This movie looks great. Uh, not Miyazaki level because, I mean, be realistic. What is? But. <laughs> But it does look really weird. It's an odd thing is that some of the backgrounds are almost photorealistic, and the rest is typical anime style. So I'm not sure why they made the decision. I mean, it's interesting. It's not bothersome, but it's just an odd thing that they did. Uh, the studio, which I'd never heard of before, Studio Colorido. Uh, I have heard of. I have heard of one of the films they made before, Batman Ninja. That was their previous movie. Uh, they've only done a few full-length films so it's a relatively new studio apparently their first feature and i'm sorry their first picture of any kind of 14 11 minute short came out in 2014 mm -hmm. so they're not exactly going to take the reins from studio ghibli anytime soon <clears throat> because it's not that good a film nope. but it is entertaining uh kids will definitely like this film there's a few moments in it that might be kind of scary for kids, but, and I mean little kids, uh, overall, 
I really enjoyed the film. I really, really wish they had stuck with the original title. I wanting to cry. I pretend to be a cat because that is that explains the whole movie. Because she yeah, as things, opposed to a whisker away, which doesn't which yeah, which doesn't say anything, and that title just sucks. But that's how you're going to find it on Netflix. Uh, depending on how long you wait to watch it, it may uh, well. I'm sure it will eventually will have uh, an English dub along with. Who knows how many dubs because I have some of the films on Netflix are available in like a dozen languages, which is awesome. But for now, you're going to be listening to the Japanese language version, which I actually prefer, which is cool. So look for wanting to cry to print to be a cat. That title is so good. So look for a whisker away on Netflix. Very entertaining flick, not top level anime, but Everything can't be a Miyazaki film. Good flick, though. Good, fl- yeah. <clears throat> so what? We've got we've actually got three good things to watch this week. How amazing <clears throat> is that? I'll, I'll even throw this in. Uh, Ghost in the Shell does have its new uh, English dub. If you want to watch that, oh, that's and good. Yes, it's only half the season. The other half is coming in November, allegedly. Um. And if you enjoyed the first Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, you'll like this too. It's just got a different animation style to it. Um, so, hey, four things to watch this week. Just one of them's really short. <laughs> well, as far as my description goes, it's probably the longest of all of these because it's a 10, <clears throat> 10 episode thing. Anyway, <laughs> so now we're back to the beginning. The Five Bloods, A Whisker Away, Brand New Testament, and, and Ghost in the... Here's a long title for you. Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex 2045. Because it needs all of that, apparently. <laughs> I just work here. I don't make this crap up. Anyway, that's all we've got this week. Be back next week. Wear your mask because it's good for you. And if you're not going to wear your mask, then stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Makanki.